Welcome to Talking Not Ranting. My name is Alistair Field. And I'm Greg Smith. Welcome to our current topic series, The Struggle to Be a Good Manager. And today our topic is ignore it. But before we get going, let's just set the stage here. Greg and I have been friends for a long time. Now, I've been on holidays. Greg was on holidays before that, and we crossed over briefly at some point. So the gang is back together again, Greg. It is. It is. And, and, and well uh, rested, ready to go. That's awesome. And just really feeling grateful that we actually did get a chance to move from our home base into another uh, safe space, but a home base. It's just nice to have that change. It's just uh, re-energizing. Yeah, it was good to get away from the city. And uh, I, I think you went west for your holidays. I went east into Loyalist country, into Picton. And it was nice just to get away from the city. And uh, although COVID's everywhere, uh, it was just kind of nice to get out of the, the bustle and everything that is uh, the greater Toronto area. Mm-hmm. So uh, Greg and I have been managers for a long time. We've both benefited from other people assisting us in our management development. In every episode, we're going to discuss a situation where we and others can often miss the mark. We're going to start off at the uh, employee's perspective, and we're going to discuss how we have observed others successfully manage these situations, get a learning from that. And we're always going to have this underlying theme of a good discussion. Are we going to have a good discussion today, my friend? Yeah, we're going to have a good discussion. And this is such a great topic uh, in that... It, it has always been a challenge, but it's even more of a challenge now in COVID. When we are remote, boy, oh boy, you can ignore it a lot better when you're not seeing people face to face. So uh, it's, it's, I think it's exasperated, frankly, in, uh, in our current situation. Yeah, I think with COVID, uh, this either gets a lot better or it gets a lot worse. Mm-hmm, I agree. So uh, let's set this up. A fellow employee is always getting away with stuff and you experience some or all of the following. The manager appears not to notice that the employee is always pushing the boundaries. Even when the manager sees the employee in question is breaking the rules and perhaps flaunting it, they do absolutely nothing. Even when the employee is always late or leaving early, the manager doesn't deal with it or say anything. The employee has a special skill and because of that has a special status. And so the manager doesn't deal with any issues around that employee. So Greg, how do we think this affects our, uh, the relationships and the work environment? Oh boy, this is another tough one, right? Because I mean, firstly, you, you don't really know what's happening as a, as an employee. You don't, you might not know if there's things that are going behind. Uh, but, but clearly this is a situation you described something that is so frustrating because normally it's, it's folks that take advantage of something or you believe they're taking advantage of it and you're working hard. So it just creates frustration and angst. And uh, boy, oh boy, nowadays, even more so, your top talent will not stay uh, in situations where they feel that uh, there's inconsistency um, and also biases, uh, it's, they, they will not stay. So this is one of those ones that creates all kinds of frustration and angst. And as a manager, all of a sudden you blink your eyes and the person is handing in the resignation. Actually, just talked to someone today who's doing just that, uh, handing in a resignation due to some of the issues that we talk about on our podcast. Wow. 
I, I think this is important because it shows favoritism, but not for because they're fantastic or anything like that, but you know, nobody's touching them. And I don't think people like that. People don't like to see people set apart that can do whatever they want to do. And it, it's really uh, a severe morale type issue. And I found, uh, especially in my policing career, that uh, people don't like this. People like business taken care of. People want to know that they can count on other people, that people are doing their jobs and that the managers are doing their jobs. Yeah, well, and you know, that last point that you made on the situation setup the special skill um, that is often the the worst because they might be very narrowly really strong at something but behaviorally they might be really poor uh, influences in the culture and the ability of the organization so that's what i've seen in the past sometimes someone who has a very specialized skill um, that has a very very poor behavioral attitude in the team in the organization and uh, the manager avoids or ignores the situation uh, rather than addressing it directly. And the morale can very quickly go from a, a good situation or perhaps um, often it's just a neutral situation, but it can go from like good or neutral to bad very quickly. It doesn't take that many incidents for people to get a bad taste about what's going on. Right, right. And I, I may have used this analogy before, it can also take a little bit of time, but then snaps. So I have this uh, this analogy of the elastic band uh, theory of frustration or management. It stretches, it stretches, it stretches, it stretches until a point where it can't stretch anymore. And guess what happens? Snap, it comes back really quickly. So sometimes delaying and ignoring dealing with situations stretch that that elastic until it cannot stretch any farther. And an explosion happens either with uh, one individual or an organization or the team, whatever. So it can happen quickly or it can take a long time and then just explode. So what are some simple things to make the ignore it a better situation? Because that's what we want. So first off, for the manager, as a manager, you need to do your job. Yeah, it takes courage. And sometimes that job is not an easy job especially with the scenario that we talked about, someone might have a specialty skill and that type of thing, but the longer you let it go, the worse it becomes. So you are a manager and therefore your job is to uh, manage the environment such that it creates the best place for productivity and engagement. And part of managing the environment is dealing with these difficult and yet necessary situations. That's what you're paid to do. And sometimes it's difficult. That's why I really like the idea of talking to other people and why I've been blessed uh, coming up as a manager, always having people to bounce things off of. But the really important thing to me is the other people that you're working with expect you to take care of business. Nobody wants anybody else to get into trouble, but people want consistency. They want business to be able to take, uh, to happen for the team to function. And it is so important. That's the expectation employees have of us as managers that we, you know, take care of business. Nobody wants anybody fired. Nobody wants any, anybody going to detention or anything like that, but the team wants any problems smoothed out and they expect the manager to do it. Right. And you know what I've, uh, as an HR leader for many years, I've been at that last conversation when we're walking good people out the door, uh, people whom if the manager would have not ignored it earlier on, 
and had this direct, respectfully direct conversation, they would be more productive, the team would be better off. But those last conversations, it's way too late. And often it's like after 20, 25 years and they're never gonna get a job anywhere else. So boy, oh boy, act as the manager, step into that role and do your job. And we have another podcast uh, called The Talk, which really zeroes in on that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh, we've already, the next point, we've already kind of touched on it. As the manager, you need to be aware of the work environment and how that impacts morale, how important it is to take care of business, because there is a downside if you don't take care of it. Yeah, and you know, that awareness of the environment, I'm coaching a couple teams right now that's virtual and um the team leaders have begun setting up one-on-one check-ins with each person uh, just to kind of connect. And uh, that's where you're gonna feel the pulse of what's going on, not just collectively, because you can sense some of that in team meetings virtually now, um, and you can sense that environment a little bit, but having and building those relationships individually, in addition to those total team connections, are really important because then you're gonna get that sense of what's going on. Good. If you're dealing with someone that has a personal issue and you're making an accommodation, that is so important. In those situations, there's probably a confidentiality issue and the situation is just the situation. As managers, I'm sure we've both dealt with situations where people are just dealing with some crap at home or, or health issues. And there's times when you make an accommodation, whatever that is, maybe they work a split shift during the day or they have to go home early or whatever it is. As managers, we don't wanna lose good people. And when they're going through troubles, it's our job to support them. And in situations like that, it's hard to talk to the rest of the team about it. They may have an inkling what's going on, but sometimes we just have to help out people. And that's just the way the situation is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, but you can still say something. It's when it's in the vacuum of nothing's happening. So whether whether it is uh, Alistair, I understand your frustration, and uh, I need you to trust that I am working on it, and we are working with them to manage the situation. But there's more here than you're aware of, and I can't sh- share anything anymore because of confidentiality. Because um, often it's just in the vacuum where things get frustrated. And again, if you know the environment, if you're sensing the change, if you're creating those more intimate connections through those one-on-ones, Alistair, you're gonna tell me that, you know, Greg, I'm frustrated because of this is what I'm seeing. And and then you can have those conversations without breaching confidentiality. One of the things uh, I like to do, just kind of a little trick is, you come up to me and say, "Uh, listen, I, I haven't seen him around much lately. I don't know what's going on, but I need to talk to Fred. I'll go, Greg, Fred's at home working right now. Give him a call on his cell phone. Mm -hmm. Oh, I don't have to tell him. I don't have to tell you more than that. Mm -hmm. Fred's at home right now. So give him an email or or give him a call on his cell phone right now. Mm -hmm. I talked to him a few minutes ago. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. So then you're going to call him. And it kind of takes away from the situation. If, Mm -hmm. If you can say things like that, that don't, you know, you're not getting into somebody's medical history or anything like that, but if you can work into the conversation, the practical way for those people to deal with it, Mm -hmm. very, very helpful. Yeah, 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 and to connect, allow them to connect. uh, Because again, in vacuum, they just think, they'll make up their own stories, because we do that. We're great storytellers in our heads, especially of others. 
Uh, so if you are able to connect and really dissolve those false stories through truth and connection, what a better way to do that. And another one, another thing is, and I don't think it's a secret, but you're having kind of a little meeting about something and you go, oh, hang on, uh, Greg, just for a second, make sure Fred's on the phone, mm -hmm. on the speakerphone. Fred, you there? Yeah. Okay, good. We're good to go. Mm -hmm. And you don't have to say anything more than that. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Fred's on the phone. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's great. And just to let you know, I've never worked with anybody with the name Fred. So we're good. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's, I thought of my grandfather. That's my, that was his name. So never worked with your grandfather. No, no, no. They had a party line at the, in the, in the, in the country. So everyone was on the line anyways. So, uh, <laughs> but that's a whole different story. That's a whole different story. Younger folks are saying, what the heck is a party line? It wasn't a party line. You know, we're anyways, we won't go down that pathway. No secrets in that situation. That's no secrets in that, in that neighborhood. So when you are confronted by an employee that wants to complain about the office and the way people work, as long as they aren't being harassed or the focus of some sort of issue, remind them that you are the manager and they have to trust you to manage the office. And that sometimes for various reasons means they aren't entitled to know about any special situations or people's problems. This is something we have to kind of draw a line on. There's times when people will go, listen, I'm really frustrated. I'm like, I don't know where this Fred guy is. And I, I've had to say this to people in the past. Listen, Greg, you have to trust me that I'm managing the workplace and everything that's going on with it and the environment. And, and that's just kind of the end of it for now. And sometimes we have to draw kind of a line uh, on people's inquiries and their behavior towards things that they have no idea what's going on. Yeah. And I would also say that, you know, as a manager, you have the opportunity to understand what the barriers to that individual are in delivering their job and find solutions or help them think through solutions to find those barriers. So if Fred isn't available to do something then, and there is something missing that's critical to the delivery, you do want to open up the space for them to say, but if you shift it from annoyance and frustration to a uh, solution, and, and especially if you help them come up with a solution, that's a, that's a better way to help pivot those situations. And if there is something that they see, that they have a suggestion on how you as a manager can shift or support the team in a better way, okay to listen. Sometimes they will have a great insight and thought around that. But, um, you know, don't get, don't get uh, down the the, the uh, not the harassment, but the frustration and the anger and the criticism uh, whirlwind there. Just don't go into that because it doesn't lead to anything. Um, uh, it's okay to listen if people are frustrated, but then quickly move to, okay, how can we best resolve this? What do you need to be successful? I like that, flipping it. Mm -hmm. Remember that sometimes dealing with issues takes time. And although you often can't discuss with other employees, hopefully over the long run, people will see that you are effective and that you care about what's going on. This is where you've already touched on it, having a good one-on-one -on -one relationship with people. And if people over, the, over time see that you're really good at dealing with people, perhaps uh, their issues and, and working around those issues with the other team members and stuff like that, people will develop a trust uh, with you in, in terms of that, okay, Greg's doing a really good job with this. Obviously, uh, I've experienced something and Greg was really good with me and, and uh, he managed the team around my issues really well uh, as well. So I, I think it's so important to develop kind of that track record. Yeah, you know what? We've talked in other podcasts about the trust equation, which is uh, um, credibility plus reliability 
plus intimacy slash relationship over self-orientation. So if you're credible, uh, you bring the knowledge, they trust your knowledge, they bring it forward. If you're reliable, you get back to them when you need to get. If, you're, if you have the intimate relationship, that one-on-one and self-orientation is that it's not just about me. Having a nice balance between me and we uh, is, is, is the great thing as a manager. If you bring those things forward, then when these situations that may be taking longer are happening, they will trust that, well, you know what? I've seen a pattern of them managing these things in the past. I might not understand it, but I'm gonna give them benefit of the doubt because of what I've seen. So trust is a, such a key component um, uh, and consistency on how you're leading. And if you have an employee who has a special ability or knowledge, but has problems in their interactions or the way they, they behave, then you need to be aware of the impact that has on the other employees. Just because it is difficult doesn't mean you don't work with that employee on improving those aspects of the work. And quite often using natural situations to reinforce uh, expectations. I have found that dealing with people with unique abilities or knowledge, it's really important to, uh, number one, there's no quick fix to any dysfunction they have working on a team or interacting with other people. But I find you need to make an investment with them. And sometimes uh, what I've found effective in the past, I don't know about you, Greg, is uh, sometimes, you know, taking them out for a coffee or going off site somewhere to sit down and start working through some of the things that have happened, you know, develop uh, trust between the two of you and, and say, you know, like, you know, you're Greg, you go, listen, that didn't work out well with Fred. Okay, well, let's talk about then. Why don't you think it worked out? and just go through a, a discussion. And, and sometimes people just need that one-on-one, -on -one, almost kind of coaching uh, approach to it. But just because they have these special abilities and they're, they're troubled, doesn't mean you get off the hook as a manager from dealing with it. Maybe it isn't uh, you know, like a letter of reprimand. Maybe it is you have to invest a series of meetings where you go out off site and lower the tension and just de develop uh, a rapport with them and, and, and talk through things with them and give them good suggestions, suggest other people that can help them out as well. And, mm -hmm. and you know, maybe even go, listen, you have a meeting coming up next week with Fred. What do you think would be a good way to approach that meeting? And then just talk through it. I find with these types of people that maybe have personal interaction issues, that by sitting down and developing a rapport with them, you're actually modeling to them how you want them to act in situations. And, you know, talk about the past, talk about the, the present, but also, you know, kind of look like you have a couple of meetings in a couple of weeks. Let's talk about those meetings right now. How do you think you should approach them? What are some things you think you, sh you should say? What are a couple of things you shouldn't say? And just kind of walk through it with them and, and teach them because often these types of individuals, there isn't, you just can't hand them a book and say, hey, listen, this will solve all your problems. It is the relationship you start establishing with them is the one that you want them to have with other employees. Yeah, and you know what? And if there's an opportunity to leverage an assessment of some type or a tool, I'm certified in a couple of them. And what it does is it gives you common language but it also helps you understand how each of us show up. So taking aside any um, uh, medical situation, you know, someone who may be autistic or, or uh, something like that, that may have a harder time connecting socially, but taking even aside uh, how we show up differently, whether it's a tool 
tools such as Colby or Myers-Briggs or the Enneagram or any of these are really powerful tools to understand how I show up, how I receive information, what I need, what you can give and facilitating that awareness um, is really powerful because all of a sudden it becomes you're not doing something to me I better understand what you need from me and and also what I need from you and it makes it so much better so often those kinds of things are very helpful and it provides a common language that we can understand what is happening between us and um, we can self-resolve between the two of us issues that may be bubbling up that uh, um, Historically, we've waited for the manager to take care of. I like that. I like that. And we need to be sensitive to the issues. And communication is so important in this type of area. You got to talk to people. You have to develop a rapport. You want people to trust you. You want people to listen. Even when you perhaps are providing some advice or correction, it's so important that you feel comfortable talking to people. Yeah, yeah, no, no question. And, and again, we've talked in all of the podcasts the importance of why when you can, why is such an important. And often what us as managers, and I've got stuck in it too, I've been so focused on the what that I forget the why. And the why is what creates deeper awareness and connection and trust. And the last point for the manager is uh, team building. And I like the idea of team building. I don't like team building when it's a check mark on a list, but I do like, you know, organic type of things that happen. If you have the opportunity to jump on some situation and turn it into kind of a team building exercise, I am 100% into that. There's a lot of good work being done by people out there on building up their teams and creating that um, relationship between people. I, I think it's wonderful. Well, you know, it's, uh, it's, uh, there are, and, and it's about that trust building and it's about understanding each other. The more time you spend together, you understand each other, you understand your perspective, your style, your approach, that's always going to be good. You know, um, and years ago, well, not even years ago, but when we used to have folks that would have, a, would have a, a little bit of a churn between them, they'd send them on a conference together or on a flight together when we used to go on flights. You remember those days? Um, and when you had to sit beside each other for four hours, you'd find commonalities you'd find things that you appreciated in each other. And even something as simple as that can create a greater awareness and understanding and bridges between folks. So I, I do appreciate team building and I, I appreciate it when it is really uh, focused on the right things. Um, I agree. So as employees, when you're in a situation where you're seeing things going on around you, uh, there's a couple things that we can do to assist. And the first one is, do your job and do it well. Yeah, I mean, you know what, lead by example, both in how you're doing things and uh, also how you're connecting with folks. And help those around you. Um, there's nothing better uh, when somebody else is struggling, uh, you know, the person at the desk or the pod beside them say, listen, do you need a hand with something? That, that is so good for team building and for relationships when you, even if you can't help them, just the offer alone, you know, that you notice that they're struggling with something, it's just a really, really healthy thing. Yeah, you know what, it's uh, similar to what we talked about with the manager where we said, you know, being aware of the environment. Well, as a team member, be aware of your environment. And if your folks are beside, be curious and, and enter with care. So by saying, hey, Alistair, 
Um, I notice you really seem a little bit churny today. Uh, is, is there anything I can help you with? Is there something going on that you want to talk about? Uh, and they might say no, then that's fine. Just but, a moment. <laughs> just a moment. Did you hear that? That's, yes. that, that's my Siri phone said, or, or you could say just a moment. So that's, uh, you know, that's very good. I, it's amazing how sometimes technology will just talk to you with regards to things. So, um, but, but if you just, you know, being aware of your environment and just uh, checking in on folks, that's a, that's a key thing you do. And I think we need to be the person we want others to be. There's, there's times when we might not understand what's going on and we may have some uh, conflicting emotions about some things that we're seeing around, but it's just better to take the high road, right? Just be the person you want others to be. And it's infectious. And I, you know, I've been on really good teams where you know, we've been dealing with some serious stuff, but just because people just had the right attitude, you know, we were able to deal with those things and move on and get done what we needed to be done. And I've been in, on teams where, you know, the work hasn't been that challenging, but it has not been a healthy environment. It's like, oh my goodness, like when is this day going to end? So I think it's really important that we be the person we want others to be. And, and we're just that person on the team. Totally agree. Totally. And support the team and the boss. Um, you know, like, you know, say I come up to you, Greg, and I go, listen, Fred's got to leave at noon and he's in the middle of something and he needs a hand and uh, you have the skill sets to do it. And he absolutely has to leave at noon if you could give him a hand. And, you know, like, I want you to just go give him a hand. You have none of the context why this has to happen. And there's obviously it's serious because I've intervened. And there's times when, you know, without question, you just go and, you know, you just quietly have to go and help somebody out or do something. Uh, we all want, I think we all, sometimes we can't say what we need to say because of confidentiality and stuff. But if, if the boss comes to you and say, listen, Greg, can you help us out here? I need you to help Fred. Fred needs to leave at noon. And just that should be a signal enough that mm -hmm. this needs to get done. There's something else going on and uh, maybe I don't need to know right now, but you know, I think there's times when you just need to support the team and, and pick up maybe some slack or you're reading something, somebody needs some help, jump in there and get it done. Yeah, and you know, if, if over time you see or feel that there's a pattern of you always being the person that they call and always being the, the, the person who has to cover for someone else and whatever you feel is, is that descriptor, um, talk to your manager early on um, and just express to them, hey, here's what I'm, I'm seeing over the last, here's how I'm feeling about it. And I'm feeling frustrated about it. And I, I, I want to be a contributor to help the team. However, I just feel that, that it seems like I'm, I'm the one who's always called to pick up afterwards. And I don't mind it, but I, I need to tell you I'm frustrated. So better to have that honest conversation and bring that forward as an employee than to bury it deep down inside because it's not going to do anybody good, especially yourself. Because, you know, when we bury that frustration, that just builds up inside and uh, the elastic band theory comes even clearer. And you're the one who snaps, who gets into trouble because you are reacting to something that's building up a long time. So definitely volunteer, be supportive. And if you feel that there's something going on or you're frustrated, have the courage to take your boss aside and say, hey, can we talk about something? See, in that situation as the boss, I would hope that I would, um, whether it's at a time that you're getting um, 
evaluated or whatever. Uh, I would hope that as a boss, I would go, listen, Greg, uh, I've asked you to jump in a couple of times to help out. I can't always explain to you why that is, but I'll tell you right now, I appreciate you um, jumping in and helping out in those situations. It's really important to the team. I just want you to know how much I appreciate uh, those things that you do and how important it is to what we do. I would hope that as a manager, I would be honest with you to the, I mean, we can't always disclose everything that's going on if people are dealing with personal issues, but I would hope that I would preempt that conversation and as things go along, you know, pull you aside or during an evaluation, just express my appreciation for some of the things that you do and, and build you up and, and, you know, being honest that uh, I appreciate it. Yeah, I know. I agree. And I would hope to do that as well. And I also recognize that sometimes stuff gets so busy and turmoil has happened. I got so many priorities that I forget to do that stuff. And we all know that if I can rely on Alistair for every time, I go to Alistair quickly. And I, and I don't even think about it. And I think it, and I shape in my head that I, Alistair loves doing all this extra stuff because he's getting attention and that type of, you know, in your head, you shape these things as a manager. It's not bad intention, but you forget about it. So, so uh, this is where employees can also help their boss, uh, their manager by, by just ensuring that they are aware and they know those early warning signs. I always, especially later in my career, as I matured and got wiser, uh, would always have folks that were my um, uh, early warning signals, you know, that they were just super direct with me and would be able to help share when they see patterns happening and when they see other things happening. So uh, that would be the other support that I would hope that team, team leaders members would do. Yeah, I think we use the, uh, the phrase in a couple other podcasts, uh, and we kind of mentioned it earlier on on the manager side, but you really need to read the room. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And sometimes there may be issues going on in people's lives that you don't know about, or maybe sometimes you do know about them. Uh, quite often, if you have a really good relationship with somebody, they'll give you some indication that perhaps they're struggling with health or there's a, a home situation or whatever. Uh, of course, be supportive. Mm -hmm. No, no question. So Greg, uh, do you have anything in wrap up? Well, I think we've covered most of it. You know, as a leader, key is to um, read the room, um, action uh, quickly uh, where possible, keep folks informed and engage team members in supporting of situations. Um, ignoring never helps anybody. Uh, and in fact, ignoring something just helps um, negative energy build up. Uh, and uh, just keep imagining in your head that elastic band stretching, 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 stretching. You know how, what it feels like when you get hit by a flying elastic band. That's what happens if you continue to ignore things. So uh, um, deal with it early on. It'll allow that flexibility, that band to stay a lot longer. And uh, then as a, and as a team member, it's the same thing, really. Just uh, um, follow the same patterns. And it's interesting that we often talk about what should the manager do and what should the team member do. And often three quarters of them are the same things. And it's about um, connecting. It's about supporting. It's about having courage and curiosity at the same time. Um, and those are things that we fit very well in this podcast as well. 
Yeah, I like the idea that you need to do something. And even if perhaps somebody with a special uh, that has some deficits and it's going to take a little bit of work with them, people just want to know that business is being taken care of. And if they see you going out for uh, having conversations with somebody and then they see incremental improvements in their approach to certain things, people are going to know you're taking care of business and that's going to give people some confidence. And if they see, you know, we kind of mentioned it over a period of time that you take care of business and, and sometimes these issues uh, take some work to say, take some time, take an investment perhaps, but when the rest of the crew sees that you're, they're going to know what you're doing. I mean, people, they read the room too, right. And they, you know, they're very uh, cognizant of what's going on, but, um, if people see that you're making efforts to improve the situation for everybody, they're going to be really appreciative of that. And even if, you know, it takes some effort and some time, that's what people want to see. And if they see things being dealt with, uh, they get a sense things are being dealt with, that's going to go a long way. Agreed. So uh, I hope that uh, some of what you found, uh, you found helpful. I hope we, you didn't find anything we spoke of uh, made you really angry. But Greg, I'm going to lean on you again for your happy or peeved philosophy. Yeah, this is just a philosophy that we share at the end of every podcast and something that I've learned from a very great coach and uh, hopefully been able to leverage with my coaches as well that the best kind of learning, the best kinds of conversations usually evoke either churniness or frustration within you because there's something that you know is true that you need to learn, that you need to shift or joy where you see things, you're making progress and making some traction. And so we always say that we uh, hope these uh, podcasts may bring a bit of churn and a bit of joy. And uh, in both of those cases, or maybe a little bit of both, will will hopefully help each of us grow to be stronger managers and team members. My money's on both for this one. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> so take the time with the people you work with. They're an important part of your job your success, or your failure. Talk to you next time. Take care.